Well, hi, welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how following Jesus leads us to live differently than the world around us. And I'm here with a couple of my friends, with Brian Vanderteig and Lauren Van, Van Woudenberg, and I just feel like I need to shave my head and keep the goatee and suddenly become Dutch, and I would fit right in with you guys. Vander Franklin. Yeah, Vander Franklin is what yes. we're going to call me for this time. But, but the three of us are here because um, just about a month ago, we all got to be part of the men's retreat, yes. um, and we, we had the privilege of the three of us bringing the messages for that weekend and talking about what the Bible has to say for us as men. Um, and some of the things we talked about certainly were, were for any Christian, but we were really zeroing in on God's unique calling for men, which to me is always an important topic to talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and what we're going to do, we're going to sort of talk back through some of the things we talked about at the retreat and maybe expand upon those. Um, but first, I, I just thought I'd ask um, for you guys, when, when you think of sort of the state of men in our culture, and, and in particular for Christian men right now, what are some things that come to your mind or heart in just saying, here's an issue that men seem to be facing that I, I just, I see, and I want us to be able to figure out a, a good way forward? Um, is it something for you, Lauren, that comes to mind? Sure. I, I think what led me to uh, talk about integrity on the men's retreat was what I would say is a crisis in integrity. Mm -hmm. uh, we have trouble, we see it all around, where up is down and right is left and good is bad. And uh, I just think the challenge is that, uh, how, is there a private self and our public self, are they the mm -hmm. same? Is there duplicity in that? And I see a lot of it. I think we see it in our government, in politics. We see it in the church with people. We, we, we've been all been aware of stuff going on across the country in churches. We see it in business. We see it in family. And uh, it's a big challenge for men to say, uh, can I just be solid? Can I uh, have a firm foundation? Can my private life and my public life really match uh, what uh, I really what I want? Yeah, and I love mm. that. That word solid was a big word that you mm. talked about there. That whole strong, stable, the same wherever I am. Yes. And, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Brian, how about you? You, you talked about um, humility, which, which was really powerful. And, but what sort of led you to that as, as looking just at the state of men and the calling for men in our culture right now? Yeah, it was kind of a process, to be honest with you. And um, ultimately, I think what led me to um, talk about humility was I kept thinking about all these different characteristics that I think God put in us as men to be men, right? So courageous, which you talked about, uh, protector, leader, um, fearless. I mean, all these things that when we think about being a man, um, I do truly believe that God has created us to have those qualities. But I think what kept coming to my mind was that if we live those qualities out apart from humility, they can go sideways pretty quick, right? I can be courageous, but if I'm not humble in my courageous uh, attitude, it can get really not look very Christ-like. And I would say that's true of almost all of the qualities that we talked about. Leadership, leadership can go really sideways Absolutely. and out of whack, right? If it's not um, guarded or even clothed in humility, right? So I think that's ultimately what brought me there. Um, just thinking about all these different characteristics, but realizing that they will, they will not be lived out the way God intended for them to be lived out unless they had some 
some, uh, yeah, maybe clothed with humility is a good way to say that. that thinking is, about yeah, that is a good Paul way to uses say that, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, and you know, you, one of the questions you just asked too was, you know, what are what are some of the things that you see in our culture in the church? And um, yeah, I think one of the things in the church, or maybe I'll start there in the in the Christian community is. Uh, I think there's a there's a lack of courage, and you're going to talk about that. But I do think there's a lack of courage specifically about being that kind of spiritual leader in the home, right? And maybe a lack of understanding. And um, I think we're very quick to abdicate that to our spouses. Um, you know, we might uh, a man might think, "Oh, my wife is more spiritually mature than me, or just generally more mature than me," and so I'm just going to let her do that. And it really takes courage to kind of say, I'm going to do what it takes to step into that role. I'm going to get on my knees every day. I'm going to mm. disciple my kids. I'm going to love my wife to the best of my ability, the way Christ loved the church and live self-sacrificially and all these different things. And so, yeah, I think in the church, that's uh, an area that we just need to shore up and in my own life, you know, as well, this isn't something that I have figured out or, yeah. you know, have it nailed down or anything. Yeah. But. Well, when I appreciate, but part of what, what you said that I think is almost counterintuitive for us is sometimes for, for us as men to take the lead requires humility, mm-hmm. which you might think like, well, no, that, that means you're, you're proud and you're saying it's, uh, I've got to be the one in charge, but there's humility required when you're setting yourself up to do something where you could fail where you could look dumb, where you could feel incompetent. Yeah. Um, and like you said, courage was the word uh, that, that I zeroed in on for the retreat. And I, I think it, when, I think of, when I think of the traps we as men fall into, um, uh, I tend to think like, all right, there's the tyrant and there's the noodle. Um, the, there's the trap that we as men can fall into where it is, hey, no problem taking leadership. I'm mm. in charge. You know, like you were talking about, Lauren, the different integrity issues that we've seen in, even in churches. Many of those are things that relate to sort of bullying or blowing people over. Um, so you got the tyrant and then you have the noodle. And this is, I, I always think of <laughs> the, the first male failure in the Bible mm. where you go all the way back to Genesis 3 and you're like, wow, there's, there's the woman taking the apple and eating it. And then the next verse says, and she gave some to her husband who was with her. Mm-hmm. And you realize this entire time, the man right. has been right there just sort of passively watching this. And I, I know both, you know, the, the, the tyrant and the noodle, the, those are both problems. Um, man, I, I would just say for me, I, I feel like I see the, the passivity of men as the bigger problem facing us today. And, you know, we, we, could, we could argue about whether or not that's true, but just... I feel like I constantly see this reality of men just not being willing to step up and do hard things and, and do things that take that courage. And that, that's why for me, when I'm thinking of courage, you know, it, you know, God bless the, the men who are in the military and are putting themselves or, you know, I mean, you, you work with police officers, um, firefighters, people who are putting themselves in physical danger in that way. That's a positive masculine quality. Just thinking, man. Sometimes praying with your wife takes more guts than anything else you're doing in your life. Amen. Um, sometimes sitting down with your your son or your daughter and having a heart to heart conversation and and taking the risk that you're gonna say something dumb or wrong or leading family devotions when you do feel like your wife knows more about the Bible than you do. <laughs> these things take courage, and these are the areas where I just say, gosh. I, I wish we were seeing more men. You know, I, I don't want to deal with the tyrant, but I'm almost like, 
I'd take a little bit of men accidentally slipping into that and say, let's correct that if, if there was more activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think, and, and I think it relates, all, all these three that we're talking about interact with one another. Yeah. Um, but that's something deep on my heart. You know, Ephesians 5, that doesn't tell men, go be the head. It says to men, you are the head. Mm. The, the way that you do things, this is going to be what it impacts your family and your wife. And, and that's a calling that I think we're, we're hesitant to step into. Um, and wh- one of the things it, you talked about um, on the retreat that they got a big response that I know a lot of guys talked to me about was um, kind of walking us through Jesus and the whole mm. idea of him going low, you know, him being humbled before he was exalted. And I would love, you know, maybe you can give us like the the quicker version of that because that was such a powerful idea. Yeah, it's Philippians 2, um, and it really is, if you think about it, one of the most countercultural passages in the, in the scriptures. And Philippians 2, you know, talks about, it really, it, it gives a, a picture of the life of Jesus, that he uh, uh, left the glories of heaven. He came and he took on human flesh. He lived as a servant. He, in obedience to the Father, he died on the cross, and, and that whole um that whole part of that passage is this picture of a descent. It's going down, right? And maybe at the bottom of this picture is uh, him buried in the tomb. And then you have the, and therefore God exalted him to the highest place, right? And so you, the resurrection and his ascension and, and his glorification. And so it's a picture of Jesus living in humility that the path to greatness is by going downward, not going upward, and then leaving the exalting, the the bringing upward to the Father, right? And trusting that when we when we live in Jesus' steps and follow his steps, and we try to live in that pattern of, hey, I do want to be great. I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a, a, a great uh, person at LBF and a good friend. And but man, that's a path downward in mm-hmm. in humility of of sacrifice and being a servant and 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 trusting that if I live in that, uh, God will exalt me. Dan doesn't have to exalt me. I don't have to exalt me. God will exalt me. Uh, and that's all that I really should care about, yeah. right? Is the commendation of God, uh, not of, of man necessarily. So, um, yeah, that's for me, uh, for many, many years, uh, I, somebody showed me that uh, many years ago, and that was that stuck in my mind. So that's, yeah. yeah. Well, and this may be one of the ways that all these kind of interact, because I, I think it was in the planning process at one point, Lauren, when we were talking about things on our hearts um, I think it was you who said something about um, men don't need the credit. Mm-hmm. I, fe- mm-hmm. I felt like that mm-hmm. that plays into humility and yes. that plays into the integrity that you talked about. I, I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the idea that uh, I can uh, be uh, second base instead of first base, mm-hmm. that I can take a, a lower position, that I can go ahead and I don't need to be acknowledged to have my ego stroked. I think uh, we ask so many men, uh, what do you do for a, what would be the answer we ask living, most of the, living? A living. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges is not what we do for a living, but who we are as a person. Mm. 
and uh, a person like that is is looking to serve people, is looking to, like you talked about, going down to eventually be brought up and let the Lord take care of the praises. Mm-hmm. And, and the neat thing, even about integrity, is that we don't we're not asking for perfection. Mm-hmm. I think somebody with integrity uh, is very quick to confess. I think I heard a sermon about that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, quick to acknowledge uh, their uh, their misgivings, their faults, and uh, and so uh, realizes that that's part of my public and private life. That I don't have to be perfect, and so that's almost uh, uh, that I don't need the credit. I don't have to play a, a fake game in front of you. That I can be really real, and uh, having a group of people around me that allow me to be real. And uh, so I think that's one of the challenges of doing that. I think the key is, is we don't have to have perfection, but that we are quick to acknowledge mistakes, quick to acknowledge uh, foibles in our lives. I think one of the challenge is uh, how much are we guarding our gates? Mm-hmm. Our eye gate, mm-hmm. our ear gate, our uh, our laptop gate, mm-hmm. uh, or your computer gate. Uh, where do these eyes go? Where does this heart go? Mm-hmm. And we need screens on it. Uh, we need filters on it. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the challenges because privately I can carry on a life that none of you know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually that comes out sooner or later. And I think the challenge for guys is can I... Can I have a public and private life that match, yeah. but not perfection, mm-hmm. but quick to acknowledge I need help here? Yeah, and I and I love that. I mean, what, one of the things you know, as I've gotten older, I, I feel like I've had this experience multiple times where um, there's been people that, from a distance, I've been very impressed with, um, and and may you know maybe it's a pastor, or maybe it's somebody that's just like wow, you know, great speaker, things are polished, you know, all that. And then when I've gotten a little bit closer, I've been maybe not deeply disillusioned, but sort of like, all right, the most impressed I ever was with you was from a distance. <laughs> and then there have been other people that that maybe, um, you know, maybe weren't as flashy. It's kind of like, all right, but, but not, not the person who would stand out and you'd say, mm-hmm. I, I got to be around that person. And the more I've been around them, the more I've just, I've said, wow, the, I, I admire you more the closer I get. Mm. And man, I just long to be that guy, mm-hmm. the person where, you know, I mean, like, you know, all of us have opportunities to speak and, and that's a gift God's given each of us. We all know that we want people to think highly of us when we do that. But man, there's nothing like, you know, for all of us, if, if your wife really, if you know, she really thinks that you're a man of God, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if your kids actually admire you, it's, it's something powerful. And um, you know, something that you said, Lauren, that this isn't a question that I gave you guys in advance this is what happens in these <laughs> things, but just, you talked about sort of the, the idea, you know, we're not there We're we're always, we're always growing and maybe just a, a question. Um, cause I think there, there's probably people listening to this and men listening to this sort of thinking about like, all right, what, what am I supposed to do? Um, either of you guys think back at, at times where you really experienced God sort of bringing some sort of breakthrough in embracing your calling as a man. Where if if it was either through a mentor or just through sort of a work in the spirit through his word, where you felt like you know it's it's time to lean into this more, and where you experience some real growth and transformation, and some of the fruit that God brought. Right. Hmm. I uh, God brought the, uh, this verse not new, but uh, in a fresh way years ago to me, and it's out of Psalm 15. This is a paraphrase, and I wondered who gets invited to uh, hmm. hang out with God. 
God who gets God who gets invited to dinner at your place. How do we get on your guest list? Walk straight. Act right. Tell the truth. Don't hurt your friend. Don't blame your neighbor. Despise the despicable. Keep your word even when it costs you. Make an honest living. Never take a bribe. You'll never get blacklisted if you live like this. Mm-hmm. And this really came with a, a, not a mentor, but a group of guys that began to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And I found that was a breakthrough for me, to have a group that I could be honest with, that would uh, tell me some things uh, that I didn't want to hear. And I gave them permission to ask me questions. Uh, where have my eyes been? Where have my thoughts been? How was my relationship with my wife? How's my relationship with the other sex? And where am I putting myself in danger? And the last question they would always ask me, have you just lied to us? And uh, so that really brought a breakthrough when I knew every week somebody was going to ask me the question. And I gave them the invitation to do that. They didn't demand that. That brought a revolution in my life because of the accountability factor. In fact, I think it's the key. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything for you, Brian, that comes to mind? Very similar, actually. Uh, I would say it started with uh, a mentor pastor of mine who became a, a good friend uh, and just kind of uh, watching how he lived um, and how he interacted with his wife and his kids. And um, uh, so that was kind of the beginning of it. And then it kind of moved from there into a group of guys and we met every single week. And I think that's where really God began to shape me and to really confront me on some of my behaviors or my attitudes or, uh, the way I was living and, and slowly began to change some of those things. And so very, very similar, uh, as to Laura and it really, it really began for me when I started to put myself around godly men who already were kind of living that way, and then other men who wanted to live that way but were in the same place I was of, how do I do this? I'm struggling, and I'm not there, but I want to be there. I desperately want to be there. So I would say very, very similar journey. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's powerful because you think about you know I mean one of the things I was thinking about in in us preparing to talk about this was if if any man's listening and just saying like gosh where do I even start with this um, that was the thing that came to mind what you guys were just talking about to say get around some other men yes. you know you're you're not going to find men who are perfect you're not going to find men without flaws but it's a man that are just saying I'm in the battle I'm I'm fighting the good fight I'm striving for Christ likeness and. I mean, when, when I think of, I, I think a few years ago, something odd happened when I turned 40, you know, which, which was a, about four years ago now. Um, and that was just that I, I sort of had this realization, not just as a man, but as an adult. I was like, when, when you're 40, you're not a young man, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily an old man, but like you're, you're not in that young area where people are like, wow, you've done so much for your age. Once you're 40, you know, I, I always joke that I became less remarkable each year that went by. <laughs> they were like, yeah, you're a youth pastor at 22, you're way ahead of the curve. And now they're like, ah, you're 40, you're where you should be. <laughs> so, but there was something in me that, that I think that the Lord did where um, I, I stopped waiting until I felt up to things before I started doing them. Hmm. Sort of said, gosh, I'm 40 years old. If I feel like there's something that my kids need from me, I need to just do it. Mm. And and there is something about walking by faith that I think we sometimes get mixed up in in our culture because we, we have a weird relationship with emotions in our culture 
where we're sort of like, well, well, faith is is when you feel like God's going to come through. And I think sometimes it's like, I, I don't know. Mm. I think faith is acting like you believe that God is going to come through and in the same way that being courageous is not that you don't feel the emotions of anxiety. It's that you don't let those emotions of anxiety keep you from doing what God's calling you to do. And I feel like there's so much, there's so much growth that God's brought into my life just from leaning into things and saying, okay, this is, this is what my wife needs from me right now. I, I need to step forward in faith and trust that God is going to supply the difference. And this is what my kids need from me. This is what my church needs from me. This is what my friends need from me. And, it, you know, like you said, I mean, none of us are there. All of us are, are striving in this. But I think that there is something powerful that happens when we trust that God is going to supply sort of the, the gap that we feel like is there between who we know we are inside and our high calling, mm. you know? I mean, I, I know all, all three of us feel the, this way about, about the wife God's given each of us. I, mm-hmm. I look at Karina and the calling like, Dan, you're the head. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you sure? Like, I don't know. She's pretty godly and she knows a lot of stuff and she doesn't seem to have some of the same dysfunctions that I have. <laughs> like, me? All right. Well, God says it. I guess I'm going to step forward and trust that he knows what he's doing in this. Mm, yeah. I, th- I do think that's a uh, uh, very common for all guys. I think that's my story. Uh, when I think back to Kathy and I's early in our marriage, I'll just be really, I'll just be really honest here. The first time that Kathy and I ever prayed together, like seriously, um, I mean, I think I started praying and I just started to cry because mm. it was so vulnerable. Mm. Um, now that's scary. That is scary. It's not what I would wanted to do, but it's where I had to start, and it was where. It was where God began to just say, okay, this is what you're called to do. Step into this. And I firmly believe that what you were saying, Dan, is the truth, that as we step into the places that God wants us to be, he will equip us and empower us for that. If we sit back, then I'm not sure that we're going to always get that that sense of the Holy Spirit's Mm -hmm. power working in us. It's when we step into it, right? Um, so yeah, I really believe that, that we, as guys just, it takes courage and we just got to take that step and God's going to be faithful. He's going to come through and and he's going to give you what you need to step into that role. Not perfectly, right? (laughs) We're not going to be perfect. I mess up all the time, but man, I think he's going to give us his power and his grace, uh, to, to be that man that he wants us to be. Yeah. Even when I think of, you know, maybe a common thread, you know, I I keep thinking about, you know, courage, integrity, humility, all this. Um, One of the things that we have ended up talking, I didn't know that this would be a theme of this conversation, but has been the idea of admitting our faults, admitting our sins, admitting Mm -hmm. our failures. Well, that takes humility to Mm -hmm. do that. That takes courage to do it because it's very vulnerable. And that takes integrity because now you're bringing a a sense of cohesion between who you are for real mm-hmm. and who you're presenting yourself to yes. be. Yeah. 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 I, some things that come to mind uh, about all we were talking about is I think of the issue of legacy. Yeah. Uh, legacy with your wife, but the thumbprint Proverbs 2017, uh, I think talks about it that we're leaving. I'll use the phrase a thumbprint. And that really struck me that I was uh, how I act, how I do business, how I live out my life is leaving a thumbprint, my family, my kids, my grandkids, other people. And that really struck me, the importance of uh, being a person of courage, being a person of humility, uh, the thumbprint of this legacy that we're leaving long after we're gone. 
and they might not remember us. You've talked a lot yeah. about that, but we have left an imprint on them that will be forever. Yeah. And I think we battle the idea of comfort versus character. Hmm. Uh, it's comfort to uh, fudge here. It's comfort to fudge here. It's comfort to easier to do this over here. I don't think God's interested in our comfort. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think he's interested in our character. And I would just tell guys, uh, uh, get with some other people that can help you. Yeah. Uh, God is interested in our character. I just wrote an email to somebody that uh, it didn't turn out exactly like they wanted to. But I said, God's got some, he's, I think he's given you a yellow light or a red light because he wants to work on your character. What are you going to learn from this? And are you going to have integrity even in spite of your disappointment? Mm -hmm. and, and what are you going to grow from this and all of that? And uh, hopefully left a thumbprint on him yeah. through a text or an email. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to do something here as, as we're kind of headed more towards the, the last part of this um, episode. We're going to do a lightning round. Okay. Uh, three questions. Um, the first one is this. Any young men who are going to hear this? Who are hearing this and saying, "Okay, I I want to be a man of God. I want to, you know, culture is confused about what a man is. I want to be a man as God created me to be and, and live in that." Um, what would just be some counsel you would give to a young man saying, "I want to start off right as a young man and and lean into the calling that God has given me." Hmm. Lighten you know. Yeah. Tell God you're not perfect <laughs> and say, I want your help. Mm -hmm. And then find somebody or a, a small group that you can trust and get with them. Yeah, I think I would say have the same answer. I think the biggest thing is seek out somebody that you trust or a group. It's it's either or right. or both in, the, in, 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 in some instances uh, and connect with them and be open with them. Tell them what you're 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 trying to do and who you want to be uh, and ask them to be a part of that with you. Most, most guys are going to be like, right on, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's make this happen. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So no, I love that. And, and I think what, what you just said right at the end there is significant. You do that. There's probably going to be a bunch of guys who are just waiting for somebody to take that first step. Yeah. Um, all right. Second question. Let, let's talk specifically within the church as, as if, if we're men of God, the church is a big deal to us. Mm. What would you say to, to any man listening to this saying, all right, how do I look to live out good, solid, biblical masculinity within the church? What does the church need from men? To figure out how God's gifted you and wired you and to serve. And to, uh, as uh, you talked about, going down to go back up. And there's nothing more better than to serve and find out that uh, you let God lift you up and you don't take the credit for it, what we talked about Absolutely. earlier. So that's what I would tell guys. Uh, where's your place that you're humbling yourself and serving in the local church? Yeah, right along with that, I would say the word that comes to my mind is commitment. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, when we talk about whether it's culture or men in the church, I think lack of commitment, and that goes to the noodle that you were yeah. talking about a little bit, right? We abdicate our responsibility to other people because we don't want to commit to it. So I would be, I would say very much the same as Lauren, commit to the church, commit to this as God's means of bringing his grace and life to the world. And there's no, there's no other way. That's how God has yeah. decided to do that. So commit to it. Find your gifts and get going and get plugged in. Yeah. Join the party. Yeah. And I'll throw in just be, before the third question of the lightning <laughs> round. Um, man, we as men, we were created to be a part of something, to, mm -hmm. to be that soldier, to be that person in it. We, we are part of the greatest cause 
in yes. the history of man. We are a part of helping snatch people from death and bringing them into life through what Jesus has done for us. So, man, there's no... I know there are times that my soul comes alive when I feel like, no, I'm supposed to be fighting for justice and for goodness and for the vulnerable. This is the ultimate expression of that. Hmm. Um, all right, third, third question for our lightning round. Um, for any women listening to this who are just saying, all right, I'm not a man, but I want to encourage this in my husband, in my sons, in, in just my guy friends who I'm around, I, I want to encourage godly masculinity um, what ways come to mind of, of how women, whether it's within marriage or not even within marriage, just in general, that can help encourage godly masculinity in, in the men that God's brought around them? You want to go first? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, the he's, first thing he, that comes to so, my mind is Yeah, he's just so per- humble. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm going down, so you can go up. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, I mean, really, the first word that comes to my mind is pray, right? And, yeah. and that, but there's more than that. Um, and, and this comes out of my own experience, right? So I'm going to um, give some really kudos to my wife here. When, when we first got married, I already said this, you know, she was the more spiritually mature. She was the, the, the more mature person in our relationship. And, and she just loved me unconditionally. And she encouraged me to become the, the man that, mm. that God wanted me to be, right? So I can think of all throughout our marriage, from the very beginning, even to, to today, uh, at different you know special times, or she'll write a card to me, mm. and she just affirms what she sees in me. She affirms my, my desire to be godly. She affirms my, my role as a father and, and those kind of things. So to me, when I get that from my wife, man, that really encourages me. So I would say to mm. women who are out there who, who long for their husband to step into that role is love them unconditionally, first of all. Uh, affirm the good things that you see in them when that happens. Really just encourage them because that feeds us and uh, propels us, I think. So um, those are some of the things I think that come to my mind. Yeah, What comes to my mind happened way in high school, my senior year, uh, when friends, two, uh, so this is for single gals mm-hmm. that aren't married yet, two good uh, friends in high school turned around and it uh, was almost the first uh, part of this, my senior year, and said, uh, you don't have to be this. We like you when you're this. Mm. And it revolutionized my life my senior year when they pointed out uh, some positive things. And I was doing the other things to try to gain approval. And they reversed it on me. Mm. Powerful effect when I realized because so much of us as males were trying to please females (laughs) and trying to do that. And so that just rocked my world in a good way. Mm. And I would encourage uh, gals, uh, whether they're married or not, to say, uh, here's what I could use. Here's what I need. Not nag, not hound it, maybe tell them one time. But I would really appreciate if you, this would rock my boat. Mm. This would float me. This would be great for me. I think guys love to respond to the challenge of not being told you better do this, but telling here's a need. And I think you really could meet that. And then like you said, Ryan, you clap for them when they do that. And that would be my encouragement for gals, whether it's married, singles, people at work, wherever it is, this is what can really motivate guys. Yeah. No, I I love that. What what both of you said, I think it's so, like, I I think there's sometimes, whether it's a wife or or just a woman, where I think, like, you don't realize how much power (laughs) you have. Like, at times I've joked around one time, uh, we we were at a a pastor's retreat. (laughs) 
and uh, I was with Phil and I think somebody else and, and we were at this little gym in the hotel and they had a pull-up bar and I'm trying to live up to Phil's standards of you know doing some pull-ups and they had this big chain that you could put on you while you did and so like Phil did it so I was like all right I'll try and you know I'm, I'm trying to get myself pulled up for like the second or third pull and so I said this out loud I was like why am I doing this? Karina can't see me. I was like, why, why else would I be trying There's to no do? other purpose. And it was, you know, we'd been married at that point almost 20 years. And I was still like, I still want her, you know, sure. I, just to reaffirm it. Like, ladies, you don't realize how much power you, you have for, yes. for that. And then also just to affirm, I, I know times that God has led me, I've been daunted by it, but it's led me to step up, is when Karina and then other other you know whether it's women in the church but in particular for karina when she has expressed like i need this from you mm. and hasn't made me feel like a failure but it's just said i'm counting on you we're mm -hmm. counting Amen. on you right it's hard and we don't always step up to that the way that we should right. but that gives us something to step up to and and as men when we do step up to that oh man the stuff that god does is, yeah. is profound mm-hmm oh. Well, guys, thanks so much for doing this. Mm. I know it's a little bit harder. You guys actually work for a living, you know, or at least Brian does. You're in retirement years. <laughs> you used to work no, for a living. Warren still works. He just doesn't get paid. That's right. He just doesn't get paid for it. But, but thanks, guys, for taking the time to do this. And thanks mm. also. I, I just know that when we did the men's retreat, there were a lot of men who I talked to who just felt like that was a marked time for them. Great. Thank mm. you guys for the part you played in that. Mm. Thank you for yeah. the opportunity. Our privilege. Yeah, absolutely. Privilege. And thank you, everybody who who listened or watched this. Um, we love interactions on these podcast episodes. So if you have questions, thoughts, encouragement, pushback, Bible verses that come to mind, or even a future topic that you'd love for us to talk about, you can comment, um, in particular on the YouTube page where you can find all of our videos and past podcasts. And you can also find them on lbf.church. We put one of these out every two weeks, so we'll be back in a couple weeks with another one. Guys, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and to all of those of you who are watching and listening, thanks, and we'll see you in two weeks.